Hello, wow. good morning. All right, we're continuing on in the book of Colossians. So we finished Galatians, and now we are on Colossians. So turn to Colossians chapter 1, and we'll read this together. All right, Colossians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to God, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, <clears throat> grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. The faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in, in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it from it and truly understand God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who has also told you of the love in the Spirit. Verse 9. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his, of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of His holy people in the kingdom of light, for He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. <clears throat> the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he, we, he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. Amen. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. All right. Um, so I love the opening of this uh, chapter in, in Colossians, and I love how it starts off, uh, uh, Paul introducing himself, uh, talking a little bit uh, uh, about uh, how, you know, uh, he's an apostle by Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and he mentions Timothy, uh, who, who is someone that Apostle Paul disciples and, and appoints him as a pastor. Um, one of the things about an apostle, one of the ways that helps me understand what an apostle is, is an apostle is a pastor to pastors. So an apostle is someone that goes around, starts up ministries, and then appoints pastors, an apostolic anointing, kind of like a spiritual father anointing. Um, you know, in addition to the prophetic and... and, and kind of spiritual oversight. Um, and so, so uh, you know, whether you, whether you at this point in your walk, especially if you've grown up in a, in a church tradition or, or Christian tradition, whether you're comfortable calling someone a prophet, whether you're comfortable calling someone an apostle. I know, I know some traditions and denominations like the apostles are only the 12, you know, from the New Testament. That, that's fine. It, it took me a, a while to kind of sort that stuff out. But, but you can recognize the office of the apostle or, or the apostolic anointing, 
you know, that someone walks in that type of spirit or leadership. Does that make sense? So we're not talking about the original 12 apostle, you know, capital A, so to say, but that someone walks an apostolic anointing or that someone has the office of the apostle or office of the prophet. Uh, at LSP, we believe in all of that. And so we believe that Pastor Samsung has an apostolic anointing. You know, he's, he's planted churches. He's raised up uh, leaders, raised up pastors. Um, and, and obviously there are also modern day uh, 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 people who are very prophetic and able to give prophetic words um, and have a pretty amazing track record. Uh, and so, you know, for another discussion. But here we have Apostle Paul mentions Timothy. <clears throat> he goes on and says uh, in, in verses 6 and 7, you learned it from Epaphras. And so you see this sort of a, a listing or even, even a progression. For this particular community, there are a handful of leaders that were placed, you know, by God's divine appointment. And it just reminded me, uh, I took an evangelism course, uh, the dean of uh, our school of world missions at Fuller. So there's two schools, school of theology, school of missions, uh, and then they also have a school of psychology and counseling, uh, which is, which is uh, scripturally and biblically based, so two schools. And so I got, a, I got a master's in theology, but I took a lot of courses in missions because I actually wanted to do missions uh, more, more than uh, I actually never planned to be a pastor. Isn't that interesting? Uh, God works in mysterious ways. <laughs> I actually wanted to go full-time missions, and it was a, it was a <clears throat> two-year, two two-and-a-half-year program. But then I thought to myself, what if this is not the most uh, faith-filled spiritual moment, but I was like, man, what if one day God calls me to go into full-time pastoring. It's like, dude, I do not want to go back to school. So I stayed on and I asked the counselor, how much more do I have to do to get my, because most denominations require a master's of divinity, not, not a master's in uh, an MA. <clears throat> and so the sat down with the counselor, okay, you need to do one more year. Okay, so I did one more year, got that out of the way. And sure enough, I went out fully as a full-time missionary and about three and a half, four years into that, then I was asked to come into uh, full-time pastoring. And so I was like, yes, Lord, thank you. Because <laughs> uh, I don't want to do school online and I certainly don't want to go back. Um, but there was a course I had, uh, Professor Van Ingen, and uh, he was a School of World Missions uh, Dean. He, he has an incredible testimony. Um, he, talks about, he talks about this idea as a missionary. And, and he, you know, he studies the Bible. In fact, it's quite interesting, it's quite fascinating. Oftentimes, the faculty in the school of theology would sometimes be at contrast and, and uh, a little bit of, how do you say, choppy waters with the uh, faculty at the school of missions. At that, at that time, we had Charles Kraft, Peter Wagner. Uh, eventually, they moved on. <clears throat> um, but this is the professor who would tell me he did missions in the Amazon, and uh, uh, he went one day and, you know, like, like, Spent like a, you know, however many seasons or years deciphering the language, and then uh, 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 you know presenting, writing out uh, the gospel in a way that they would understand. You know, t uh, figuring out their cultural connections, their their value systems, their analogies, and their their language and their you know way of life, and then and then bringing in you know trying to in, in very basic format, not not the whole Bible, but the presentation of the gospel. And, and at one point, uh, this is his testimony, he was able to go to the chief and, and basically, you know, after however many uh, months or years, proclaim, proclaim the gospel. And he told the chief, you know, about Jesus and how he you know, died for our sins and he's the son of God and all that. And um, 
he, he blew my mind away. The professor said, the chief, after they figured out the language and was able to communicate, he said, oh, so that's his name. It's like, I've been talking with God. God has been speaking to me. He's given me visions and direction. I just didn't know what his name was. And now that you've introduced me to his name, you know, the God of the Bible, you know, I'm so glad that I finally have a name. And so this, this idea was crazy. The idea that God, through his supernatural power, visitation, uh, through angels, through the Spirit, through revelation, was able to encounter, to, to communicate to someone uh, his attributes, his nature, but, but not knowing maybe the details of his name, uh, I thought was fascinating. You know, if you look at uh, a lot of uh, Muslim conversions, they're supernatural. It's not someone just proclaiming the gospel standalone. If you look, if you read, and, and if you hear testimonies, oftentimes it's supernatural. It has to be a power encounter. It has to be something beyond the intellect, beyond just the, the physical. And so you'll hear stories of how people had visitations, saw angels. I talked about a, a pastor by the name of Dr. Alanto in the Philippines, how he was sitting, he, this is the guy, I met him, you know, face to face. He came and preached at Solomon's Porch in Hong Kong when I was there. And he was a, a stout, uh, a devoted uh, um, a Muslim cleric. And he actually converted six pastors into Islam. Isn't that crazy? So his mission was to go to Christian churches in, in Mendenhaun in the Philippines. He would sit there, wait for the pastor to finish his sermon. At the end, he would go and engage in dialogue. And over a period of time, he would have coffee with him and talk and break down, you know, things. And, and he would convert these guys to Islam, pastors. And his, like, his mission was like, if I can get the top dog, then I can get the whole community. And he, he tells of this testimony where he was sitting back, he was going to his seventh church, seventh pastor, seventh mission, sitting in the very back, listening, you know, to the, 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 never opened the Bible, never really paid attention. And he's sitting there, right, in the back, just kind of with his head down, falling asleep, right? And he, he says, this smoke started coming up. This smoke started coming up, and, he's, and he smelled it. And he's like, where's the smoke coming? And it started coming up from his foot, from his shoe. And then the word gave him a verse, like Matthew chapter 24. I can't remember what verse it was. He never read the Bible, even though he'd been in church. He never opened the Bible, never heard, never knew what the names. But the Spirit gave him a specific uh, book and chapter of the Bible. He immediately left. He, he freaked out. He asked a friend that he knew was a Christian uh, uh, for a Bible. And is, this, is this book Matthew? Is this exist? Is there, is there a chapter or something, 24? Certainly got to it. He read, the, he read that passage. It hit him. He got converted. Had an encounter with God, and then he went back, and actually the six past uh, the six pastors that he converted to Islam, he reconverted them back to Christianity, <laughs> which which makes you wonder like what kind of people are these man, like are they like what's the motive like how easily you know, uh, probably in terms of education and things maybe they weren't you know trained or discipled as well, um, but the idea that, you know, these supernatural encounters. And so, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a tangent, and, and I'll tie it back to the point I wanted to make. But, and you might be in a situation right now, you know, where, like, you've done everything you could do. You've said everything you could say. You've made as many kind of, with God's help, divine appointments, arrangements. I mean, there comes a point where it's like, there's nothing you can do but pray. 
There's nothing you can do for and pray. And, and, and I've prayed these prayers many times. I've prayed these prayers. God, man, this person, nothing's going to change unless you intervene. Like, there needs to be a supernatural encounter. This is beyond me, Father. Only you can. <clears throat> I had a college roommate, one of, my, one of my best friends, and he was like just crazy, like drugged out on, on everything you can imagine. And uh, he had fallen away uh, from the Lord. And that particular Friday, he was supposed to go to Las Vegas with a bunch of friends and, and, and do what they do in Las Vegas. And this was a Friday night, I think we, or maybe even a Thursday night, it was supposed to go on Friday. And um, I remember just, just like my heart was broken for him. You know, I, I had recently, had also fallen away and then had recently come back. And I knew my life had been transformed and changed. I knew that I was, I was only back in relationship with God because God gave me a second chance, because God gave me grace. And so I just remember just like brokenhearted and, and, and he was asleep. And, and I remember just going to his room. You know, just his door was closed and just laying my hands on his door and just praying and, and just and just crying and saying, Lord, have mercy on him. Only, I mean, nobody can change this. This is, this is an addiction. This is, his mind is lost, you know, and, and God, only you could bring him back. And I prayed that prayer. There's, you know, there's, you know, we'd done nice things and hung out with other Christian friends and said, hey, you know, you know, give God a second. You know, we, we, we did all that stuff, right? All the formalities, all the niceties. And then it was time like, dude, we need to get down in the trenches, like, 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 uh, uh, you know, like playing around is over, man. And we need to get serious. I, I need to get down on my knees. And we, we need to start praying. And so I, I did that. I mean, you know, my tone is like so serious, you know, militant, but it was actually really tenderhearted. And, and I just, you know, that next day he left for Las Vegas on a Friday. And uh, he came back on Sunday at church. And I looked at him. I was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> I was like, I thought you were going to spend the whole weekend in Las Vegas. And he looked different. He looked like something had, his, his countenance and appearance had changed. From that day forward, he started coming back to church. He completely left drugs. This is, we're talking about a 48-hour turnaround. And uh, he joined the worship team. He helped start serving in, in, in ministry and, and ch you know, chair set up and, 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 and see him and all, and all that good stuff. True mark of a conversion is you start helping out and see him. Right? If you have a real encounter with God, you help Sunday school. Um, and I said, what happened? Right? His whole life turned around. I said, what happened? He says, he went to Vegas on Friday. And I, I still wonder about this a little bit. But to me, it's just the end result. I mean, whatever the circumstances, the end result was he, he came running back to God. Okay. And I don't wish this or pray this for anyone. Um, maybe I've prayed this for one person. But I don't know if I want to call it the terror of God or whatever. But this dude freaked out. Like, you know, there's a good trip and there's a bad trip. He had a terrible trip. When I mean trip, I don't mean like a trip to Las Vegas. I mean like he took a, uh, some substance and, I mean, his mind just broke. And he said that there were like people and things and just like chasing he feared for his life so i don't know if that's like the lord like just unveiling the spirit realm or something and you know uh, 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 drugs is is a gateway to some some of that some of that spiritual aspect i, I don't know what it was i don't know i, I don't want to say that it was god who was terrorizing him maybe god just kind of 
you know, let go, right? Okay, free will, do your thing. Unveil the, a, a bit of the spiritual realm, which, you know, which if God can use for good, you know, also if he lets go. Whatever it was, he was terrified for his life. He freaked out. He drove back. He said the same day, came back and said, I need to get right with God. And um, so a couple times I prayed that prayer. Lord, I don't know what you did in Vegas, but can you do it again for this person? <laughs> you know, the fear of God, whatever it takes. Yeah, I, I prayed that prayer uh, for my dad, you know, um, like just severe spiraling whirlwind uh, at the height of his success, at the height of his, you know, uh, prominence and wealth. But spirit around that exact same time, around that exact same time, but I mean, as far away as God is imaginable. And, and, and in my mind at that point, I was like, dude, what is all this? If he, if he you know, if he doesn't have a relationship, if he, if he has eternal separation from the Father. And so I prayed this prayer. I said, God, I don't even know what this prayer means or translates to, but even if we have to lose everything financially, I would rather that he be saved. And I, and I prayed that prayer earnestly. And sure enough, uh, over the course of a couple of years, he had to sell his business. Everything kind of tanked. Uh, family went into a bit of a you know, financial kind of a desert for a season. But then he came around and he came to God and he, and he came into a relationship. And then over a period of time, you know, things picked up again. Um, yeah, sometimes, you know, whatever it is you're going through, you know, sometimes you got to call in the big guns. You know, you, you have to say, Lord, this is where I stop. This is as, as, as this is, there's nothing more I can do. Well, I, I pray, I contend, I fast, you know, I, I, I get right with you, right? I'm going to get right with you and, and I'm going to trust in you. Um, and so, you know, Timothy, Epaphras, Saul or Paul, I'm sure there are other names here not mentioned. The scripture talks about a cloud of witnesses uh, around us. I, I, I saw this uh kind of motivational uh, uh, speech and it was talking about uh, 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 this marathon that was being run in this, in this you know, southern country, you know, town in the United States and how everyone in the community filled the stadium for the last leg of the marathon. And, and he was saying how he was so tired, his muscles were aching and he wanted to give up. And he thought about giving up at certain points, especially towards the end. But the moment he entered that stadium and the moment everyone started cheering and, and chanting his name, he said like it was, it was like supernatural. His body had given up miles out. His body was on the verge of toppling over even prior to. But the moment he got there, there was this resurgence of energy and like it was almost like his emotions or his spirit, you know, beyond his body took over. And that last, you know, couple laps or rounds, you know, he was able to do, you know, like, like without any pain, without any, like, thought or emotion. He was just so lifted by the, by the cloud of witnesses. And so it's just, a, it's just a great picture, you know, I believe spiritually as well, you know, as we pray for one another, you know, and we have people praying for us we may not know that are praying for us. We've, we've had people who have prayed for us in the past. You know, you, where you are right now is not, is not by whim or by coincidence, you know, people have prayed for you in various seasons of your life to get to where you are now. I certainly didn't become a pastor overnight. I certainly didn't become, you know, a, a, a junior high or a missionary. I, I've had uh, uh, senior pastors over my life, various. I've had missions pastors. I've had um, college pastors who, who guided me and prayed for me. I've had 
youth pastors. I've had, uh, uh, you know, children's pastors. You know, you've, we've had different, I've had all these people at various key junctures of my life, you know, places where maybe I struggled, places where maybe where I felt like giving up, that came and ministered and prayed. And as a result, kind of pushed me along. And so going back to uh, Professor Van Ingen, he, he talks about this evangelism chain and how we are all part of this link. And so how I came to faith, I can tell you a handful of people amongst many people, whether it's my family, my parents, who helped progress me along to the point where I made that decision and invited Christ into my life. Each one of you, there are various individuals and people, maybe a family member, maybe, maybe a, a youth pastor, maybe, maybe here at SP, maybe, maybe a house church leader, you know, various links, many links, many people. You know, and oftentimes we attribute that moment where the message was preached and we, and we came to faith, and, and, and those are highlighted, those are easy to remember. Oh yeah, this person led that prayer, this person helped me in that season. But actually there were people even before that. There were people in small groups that you hung out with, Christian friends that may have prayed for you that you never knew of. And so there's this link and, 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 and things that lead us. And so I want to encourage you in this that, you know, don't be afraid to say something. You know, you may have someone in your, in your, in your uh, uh, apartment complex. You may have someone in your workplace. You may have a family member. You may have a family member that you've, like, been proclaiming the gospel for years and they still haven't come to Christ. Don't be afraid to continue on encouraging, you know, blessing, sharing a testimony. Hey, I got this word, word or verse for you. I just want to read it. I know maybe you're not in a position to receive it at this time, but I still feel like God gave it to you. Can I share this with you? Uh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. You know, plant that seed. You never know. You never know at what point in juncture God is going to come to fruition in the Spirit and draw that person. And so, you know, even though there may be this person at work that's like really difficult and hard and maybe even doesn't, you know, it's like you know, just like worse attitude or it doesn't like, but you still have the opportunity to present the gospel or to share certain aspects of your faith. Uh, um, and, and, and like you say it and like the person's still like, oh, what a weirdo or, or whatever. Don't be afraid of that. Don't, don't be afraid of that. Because that's just one link. And you may, you may not have the privilege and the blessing and honor to see it in your lifetime or in this season. But what if a few links later or a few seasons later someone else comes? You know, and then presents. It's, 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 it's a foundation being laid and built upon. And then that person comes to Christ. I think all of us can attest to the fact that we didn't come to Christ overnight in one moment. Right? I mean, I mean narrative-wise and testimony, that sometimes that sounds great. But the reality is... We were introduced. Like, I, I can still remember to this day, to this day at age 48, my first, the first preschool or daycare that I ever went to in the United States. I, I must have been four or five. Both my parents were working. Dropped me off at a daycare, right? And I still remember singing the song, Father Abraham. I still remember singing, Holy Spirit, come, you know, uh, 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 I remember the song. Oh, my gosh. Father, I adore you. Lay my life before you. And I remember singing that as a five-year-old kid. Did I know what was going on? Did my, were my parents, you know, my, you know uh, Christians, they were. But I still remember that song to this day. And I remember singing it like, like, like it wasn't like a song I didn't like. You know, I remember singing it and, and, and really like just, you know, I guess at that point calling it feelings, but really, you know, God planting seeds. And so you never know. And I would say that with your kids. I would say that with people you love who have yet to come to faith. Don't give up. You're just adding links. You're just adding chains, right? And eventually, and, and praying for someone, and contending for someone, and laying hands on them, and 
or on their door or, or sending a verse, all those things matter, right? And, um, you know, you see through this community uh, uh, various courses of leaders and even those that are unmentioned, and you realize that we're part of a greater body that God is orchestrating to our effect and to the effect of others. Um, I'll close by saying this, um, you know, in addition, you know, remember to give thanks for your spiritual leaders. You know, remember to give thanks to whoever it was that took you to church first. You know, was it your mom? Was it your dad? Was it your cousin? Church camp, retreat. You know, remember to give thanks for those that even rebuked you. I don't know, who, who likes to do that, right? But set you on the right course. Or a conversation that was tough, right? But but you did some soul searching. Maybe you never had that conversation or followed up, but but you know that it made a difference. You may, you, you know that it caused you to do, you know, to make a change. Um, you know, give thanks to the churches you grew up in, right? Whatever path led you here to SP for this particular season of your life. You know, who were the ones that baptized you? Who were the ones that did your confirmation, you know? Uh, youth group Bible studies, who's your uh, youth group, you know. Uh, um, and so, you know, your, your parents, you know, give thanks, right? There's a whole chain of people that came, um, you know, our, our cloud of witness. And so don't don't forget, you know, I mean, if you came from another church before here, yeah, there, there might, you know, there's always, well, we're human, there's always issues. But, you know, if there was something that was impactful that God did, just give them, just, you know, say, I just, want, I just want to say thank you. I just I had a devotion this morning and it reminded me that I should give thanks, you know, for all the various people in my life that have helped me to come to the place where I am today. You know, and so I just want to say bless you. Thank you. You know, just, just a prayer over you. Amen. All right. Um, let's let's uh, have the worship come up. Apostle Paul, sent by Jesus and his and my brother Timothy, you learned it from Epaphras. You know, just take this moment um, to recognize how God, how God Himself, in His vision and sight for you, has appointed, anointed, divine appointments so that you would know him personally. God orchestrated, God navigated through various conversations, through various people, through various seasons in your life, that you would be here now calling upon his name. And so first and foremost, above all, let's give praise and thanksgiving to our Lord. So Father, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for those you have surrounded us with today. You know, our brothers and sisters, our spiritual leaders. And we thank you for the seasons past, God. And we just recognize, Jesus, how 